Hello, and welcome to Tape Heads. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Tape Heads is the podcast where we select a VHS tape from either my collection or Lindsay's collection, or sometimes, I guess, collection, <laughs> as is the case on this festive holiday episode. We've got a couple guests for you. Um, <laughs> listeners of the Adventures in Dinosaur City uh, episode will remember Phil Laird. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> I need no further introduction. <laughs> and uh, Philip, would you care to introduce the other guest that's joining you today? Yeah, for better or for worse. Um, somebody who shares my genetic makeup has entered the room. <laughs> Uh, my sister Liz Laird is here uh, to represent the Laird family in earnest. It's Laird's versus Lynch Bullenders today. Oh, yes. look out. Thank you for having me on. This is very fun. And the reason we wanted to have you both on was today we're doing a VHS tape that loomed large, I think it's fair to say, yeah. in your childhood experience. Mm-hmm. This is a big um, thing in the Laird family household, especially this time of year. I'd never even heard of it. Fair. A lot of people totally haven't. Well, yeah. I mean, the only reason I knew about it was because, I mean, just growing up with Phil, that this would be something that's put on this time of year. And show up at third grade and just keep singing, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we are, of course, talking about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And this is the first time on the show that we've had a non-feature length film on the oh. show. Oh. But we've never said that we're only covering feature films. It's The rule is VHS, and you have a beautiful VHS copy of this movie here. It's a, it's a perfect copy, in my opinion. As we were noticing earlier, it's clearly been a rental at two different facilities. Uh, <laughs> originally, Major Video Kings Canyon Branch. And then later on, Blockbuster. And yet at a time when Blockbuster didn't really have any branding and just had like a single barcode. Yeah, and the, the date on it says July 1st, 1994. And it's got a price, so this was clearly like direct to sale. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like many of our VHS came from defunct video stores. <laughs> I mean, that's how we got a lot of ours, too. Well, and you also tape stuff off of. TV oh yeah, we are real pirates in my family. Oh, we sure. got two VCRs. Get all those earnest movies on the one tape. <laughs> well, so you're kind of like an otter group, where Liz and I yeah. were a little bit of a fox group, kind of. Yeah. Just... So, so maybe they would. This is good because you know it's interesting. We were, we were saying before we started recording, Lindsay and I didn't necessarily grow up with Emmett Otter. You guys did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this Jim Henson special from 1977, a TV special, Muppet type characters introduced by Kermit the Frog in some versions including this one and uh, it, it even says Muppet Home Video on the tape like yeah. they're really trying to yeah. sell you on the Muppet stuff and pretty sophisticated puppetry for the time a lot, uh, and you guys can get into that but mm-hmm. what I was going to say was I always thought of this as a very obscure thing but it's sort of writing a tide right now it's sort of coming back into relevance did you want to speak on that at all like, I think it's coming back to theaters, and you mentioned that the soundtrack is being released. It was just released, and they did limited vinyl. I think they did 1,800 vinyl presses of the soundtrack. Wow. I tried to get one for you for Christmas, and I'm, it was already out. But thanks for not, yeah. also, because <laughs> that's not a thing I needed. I mean, I appreciate that, but... Uh, I just really want that Nightmare Band song. I mean, right? that's, that's a banger. You yeah. could play that at a club right now. That's, that's the jam. I imagine that a lot of that is licensing issues. There was a little issue like where um, 
Jim Henson factory owned parts of it, but then Disney owned other parts. And so I'm guessing that that was resolved and that have might have something to do with why it's now more widely seen, like why the soundtrack is being released. So I wonder about people who grew up with it, like you guys being, you know, because there's a lot of people are looking back about being 80s kids, 90s kids, whatever, and then maybe people who grew up with it on tape are just wanting to reminisce. That's true. There's definitely a nostalgia factor. We should do a deep dive at some point on what was going on in 1977, because I also (laughs) wonder if... Well, Star Wars came out that year. That was a big cultural milestone. Well, I guess that's my point. Maybe there's some social, political, like similarities where we're i don't know in an era where we need the uh catharsis of emmett otter and his super poor family and friends especially the first half of the 70s are known as sort of the new hollywood movement in response to vietnam and a lot of cynicism coming out of the 60s where you got movies like taxi driver and uh you know like just this more cynical time and i think that sort of shows in this movie where extremely impoverished muppets okay i understand that but like also what are the moral lessons of this movie they're i mean really they make irresponsible decisions and then everything turns out great okay barely okay well like Great relative to their life situation, right? Yeah. You know, another 70s movie that this reminded me of was Rocky, which is another underdog story in which, spoiler, Rocky loses. Right. And But he gets sort of like the moral victory of it. Like, oh, well, I did my best and that in and of itself he did his, is... Sure. And he yeah. did his best and he's following his heart and that's yeah. what we're supposed to resonate with. Um, these defeatist otters <laughs> don't do anything to help themselves. They actually uh, make their situation worse. Yeah, no, they consciously <laughs> make like the worst economic decisions for themselves they could. And to enter a contest in which they don't know the competition, as it turns out, the competition is stiff, <laughs> yeah. like like insanely <laughs> stiff in the in the sense that they never really had a chance, no matter how much they practiced. But it's really is the, like, I think the equivalent is if you sell all of your belongings to buy lottery tickets. Yeah. It's kind of the strategy here. Yeah. What do you think, Lindsay? No, like, that sounds about right. I mean, that's where I was saying it's not really a responsible decision to be making, especially when you're barely scraping by and have no money. So, very poor otters, Alice Otter and Emmett Otter, mother-son relationship, very poor, very nostalgic for their apparently dead or just obscured husband. I'm assuming dead. Yeah, but you made a good point that, you know, these are otters after all, so maybe he's got another otter family down in <laughs> River Bottom or something. Clearly, like, the breadwinner and, like... I mean, that's what we assume. He's still well, snake oil. I think he was okay. the bread loser. I think yeah. we <laughs> concluded that he's the one that brought them into poverty and taught them these terrible habits that keep them down. And he the, was a snake yeah. oil salesman. Essentially, they're poor, but they want to get each other Christmas presents because they're nostalgic and they want a good Christmas. And so Emmett wants to get his mom a used piano and is going to use part of the winnings from the talent contest to buy or put a down deposit on said piano. While Alice Otter wants to buy her son, Emmett, a mother of pearl inlaid acoustic guitar that's a sweet $40 at the music store. And uh, also has the plan to get that money from the town talent show being hosted on none other but Christmas Eve. Um, And so these are their plans. However, Alice needs a costume and Emmett needs a wash tub base. And his mom, a laundry person, 
Yeah. A laundress. A laundress otter uses a wash tub for her profession, but Emmett puts a hole in it to make his base. So she can no longer wash clothes for so money. she can no longer wash clothes for money. Emmett performs odd jobs with his dad's old toolbox, which his mother, Alice, hawks to pay for a costume for the event because she's just going to sing, but her voice won't do the job. She needs to look great, too, evidently. <laughs> He's so. throwing some English on this uh, recap. <laughs> and so they compete in the talent show. Neither of them win. They lose to what is the like ominous presence of the local gang who uh, is far more talented and wealthy than they are. Doesn't need this win, but gets it still. In New Hollywood terms, they're at the end of Easy Rider, those hillbillies that shoot both of the main characters and drive off. <laughs> they really are. I mean, there's no repercussions of their actions. They swoop in and destroy everything. Um, and they have a ton of money for some reason for all this absolutely. audiovisual equipment. Absolutely. And it seems, you know, in most cases, when you introduce a rival... The point is for the protagonist to defeat them. That doesn't happen in this movie. Yeah. We just have rivals. And yeah. They are self-proclaimed bad guys. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anything bad happen to them. It's a net positive for yeah. them. They, yeah, they win did great. $50, which they probably spend on drugs immediately <laughs> after. I'm assuming. <laughs> they run through town and trash the town. Nothing happened. No, yeah. no consequences. Yeah. They knock Kermit straight yeah. off his bicycle. But they do the talent show. Mother uh, Mother Otter and Son Otter both lose. At the end of the movie, they're seen singing together as a group, his band and her doing the lead singing. And it, what was it? It charms the restaurateur so yes. much who was in charge of the talent show that he offers to hire them at his restaurant. And yes. so that's how they kind of reach their happy ending they suddenly have an income again which you know i agree with that as a good way to end the story it's sort of a teach a man to fish scenario it's better than them just winning the prize which they were going to spend on musical instruments they're yeah they're gonna squander that money anyway so and and you know i was also reading that it's kind of an an adaptation of the gift of the magi by o henry exactly what i just pulled out basically they sacrifice each other's livelihood just for this talent contest. Except the gift of the Magi is still fine in the sense like they're just trying to give each other gifts and they give each other like things uh, that don't like ruin their entire economic yeah. standing. Yeah, hey, all they lose are watches and hair. Yeah. yeah. They're fine. Not a way to make money. Watching Emmett Otter, I mean, I have some opinions, but watching Emmett Otter's Junk Band Christmas, I feel is probably how fiscal conservatives feel about Democrats. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Sidestep for a moment now. Yes. Uh, we do have another guest in the room with us that we did not introduce, and that is <laughs> Ketzel. Uh, She's pissed off that the birds were not actual characters in it, this film. Right? And that's yeah. something I'd like to discuss. So I just want to point out, in this world, which we've kind of started to conclude... <laughs> Sorry. Maybe we should cover her. No, yeah. she's fine. In the story, um, we kind of have... A, odd that, like, these animals are talking. But, okay, we can suspend reality for well, that Well, I think when component. you tune into a Muppets program, you're accepting that. <laughs> sure. I, I agree. But then as we realize that they live, like, human lives and there are no humans around, but then uh, what we end up seeing is that birds are still birds. They don't have personalities. They can't talk. They just uh, are not on equal playing field with mammals. We realize this is a post-apocalyptic hellscape the, probably. It does the feel red very sky the yeah. constant red sky yeah it the does. red sky was really creepy yeah the the parameters of this world are baffling to say mm-hmm. the least 
It depends on how you look at it because Kermit introduces it. Yes. The Muppets live in a world with humans. Yes. I feel like Kermit's it's almost like they're in a segregated neighborhood where it's just like these <laughs> horribly impoverished otters and bullfrogs and rabbits and weasels and woodchucks. Just you know, like this. This is your hovel. Like this is your ghetto where you have to live. People are really mean to them. Like yes. the Mrs. Fox lady, who's the the one percent in the neighborhood. She has so much money. She's so rich that she wears a stole of fox fur. It's like she has really... a, the townies, and there's there's people who have like a timeshare in Frogtown yeah. Hollow. And then even. Uh, Ma Otter's friend is super passive aggressive when she comes over yeah. saying, Oh, I'm coming over to use the spinning wheel you're always borrowing from me. Okay, <laughs> she doesn't even really have good friends or anything. She doesn't, but let's make some points here. Uh, we've already established that Ma Otter is fiscally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's any fault of her own, I don't know how she was raised. She is not a good friend because she does not return the things that she borrows. Yeah. And also, the fox says that there were scorch marks from the laundry that she did. So she's not a good friend. She does not argue this. She just says, yep, sorry. I think that's the thing that's so (laughs) funny because they trade off, you know, they they damage the wash basin and then sell off the tool chest, but both of them suck at the, their jobs. Yes. He's not good at washing, and he's not good at repairing anything. At all. He you see him a, nailing, yeah. and the nail's just going in crooked, and he's barely <laughs> hitting it. The fence posts are crooked. It's like Dr. Kelgar <laughs> said this fence. Like, I'm amazed he made a wash to base. Like, yeah. That requires some ingenuity that he doesn't seem to possess. And I would like to point out that they could patch that wash tub, right? Yeah, just have duct tape. I mean, or I gum. Was, because I, for a minute, I was thinking this is like a period piece. Like it almost seems like Depression era America. Sure. But then the Nightmare Gang swoops in on snowmobiles <laughs> as fireworks are going off, and it's like, oh, this is set in 1977. Like this is a. You know, when this was made, this is a modern story. This is why I feel like there might be separate realms all in the same area. I view Kermit the Frog as more of like a Rod Serling character. Yeah. Who comes in in the beginning and introduces a will. story. <laughs> a town <laughs> full of poor animals that talk. Exactly. <laughs> Although one of the more perplexing moments is when Emmett brings home the Christmas branch, which we took issue with originally, but the story does uh, patch us up. Uh, he cuts down the Christmas branch to uh, obviously celebrate Christmas, but as we pointed out, the branch is free. The whole tree was free. This is not like a permanent cutting zone that they live in. So uh, he could have brought him a whole tree, but then we find out it's because of their shithead dad. <laughs> he still just brings him a branch because the dad used to say, because I didn't cut down the whole tree, it'll live for a hundred years. And we learn that Emmett and his mom, Alice, keep living their lives in this perpetual cycle of terrible decisions, likely based on the dad, right? Yeah, and I was going to say, like, the stories that they share, like, the branch thing, I'll, I'll give that a pass, fine. But most of the stories they share about how he is a literal snake oil salesman, which they never really get into, I, why not 
give him an actual profession? Why not give him some sort yeah. of nobility at any point? They make him sound like he was a huge goofball that it made a lot of bad like decisions for the family. Yeah. They keep repeating the same joke about him being a snake oil salesman, but it wasn't so great because no one wants to oil their snakes anymore. Right. And it's like that wasn't worth the gag. That was the it's gag like, wasn't worth this picture I have in my head of this horrible father. See, I do think though that contributes to what's ultimately an honest story and that sure. is like that kind of mentality like when passed down to those around you like continues to be really yeah. toxic but. and they use the memory of the, the the father to justify their worst choices i put down a quote that was in the head of both of them <laughs> in that emma daughter thinks to himself pa would put a hole in that wash tub well meanwhile the mom is thinking Paul would hawk that toolbox. Woof. And that's the thing. And, like, I don't want to come across sounding like an elitist jerk, which I probably already do, but that's fine. But um, he just made bad decisions, yeah. and they continue to make bad decisions. Well, and then there's the issue of the fact that they continue to then celebrate his life and his bad decisions, and they remember him so fondly. Sure. And, like, I get we romanticize, like, the things we lose, but that's also a toxic mentality, right? Is the idea of like celebrating somebody just because they're dead, where yeah. when he's alive, he was probably terrible to live with. Yeah, oh, yeah. and he was probably a drunk. Like, <laughs> they beat around the bush a little bit, but you can read between the lines. You know, we have not talked at all about the stars of the show. The Riverbottom Nightmare Band? Yes. <laughs> Who really are, like, I feel like that's a huge part of the legacy of this movie is... I mean, you were saying, Liz, that the elephant in the room is, like, they're far more talented. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, they're evil. Like, they break yeah. into music stores and destroy everything with impunity. And uh, But they're, like, when they come on stage, it's like, yeah, they should win. Yeah. Like, they they put more effort into this. Like, they have, like, they're like a real band. They're not just singing a cappella, mm-hmm. like, songs that they just learned the previous day. And dear listeners, the okay. members of the band are Chuck, who's the lead of the gang, who's a bear. And when he's hungry, he's hungry. Oh, and they are all the same size. That's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. It is weird. Um, it's a snake, a weasel, a fish, and a frog. And the a bear. fish is well, so Chuck. weird. He's a bear, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was saying that it reminds me of, of gangs from 80s movies, like The Warriors or yeah. Death Wish 3, where they're just all different minorities, just kind of like, just like shoved together, like, oh, all these bad people. By the way, I was working on a theory. So yeah. I was trying to get from bear to uh, fish as far as how they became friends. I don't think that, as we had discussed previously... They got into a death match and became friends as a result. Yeah. I think it went fish to frog. We're probably hanging out in that river together. Frog was like, hey, bear, I want to introduce you to my cool friend. He's a fish. Oh, see, I think frog met snake. There's also a weasel in the mix. Did we talk about this? And he really resembles the weasel. Whoa, whoa. Is this a food chain? Are they a food chain? I mean, they are a food chain. No, so it's bear to weasel to snake to... Frog, frog to fish because the snake is that eat how that a works? Frog. Frogs yeah. don't eat fish, do they? No, they if don't. If it's a small, you know, fish, I'm assuming maybe. he's a weasel. He could also be a muskrat. No, he's a weasel. He's a oh, weasel. I think, okay. we, I think weasel like... is in his name. Yeah, a Stanley is... weasel. You're right. Yeah. So now that we have this worked out, do we assume that they all met because they were all trying to eat each other? <laughs> Possibly. 
So maybe Chuck is the weakest of them all. The He's f- the one that hasn't eaten anybody. Oh, well, the fish is he the leads one with that love. confuses me because the fish can't even do anything. He has to sit in a jug of water the yeah. entire time. Yeah. He's the guy in the Mighty Mighty Boston's that would just dance on stage. I feel like that's his role. I got the band list here for you. You got Chuck Stoat, Fred Lizard, Howard Snake, Lizard. Popeyed Catfish, and Stanley Weasel. He's a catfish? Apparently. Yeah. I also don't think he talks at all. No, he's just a fish. Yeah. No, I think he he makes a sound. Yeah. I think it's really sweet how they bring him around in this tape. I was going to say, they go through great lengths to include fish in everything they do. Although when they're driving those snowmobiles around, it's very haphazard, where it's just a barrel with no wheels that's just scooting across the ice on a chain. Uh, They probably should have left him at home for that. I I agree, but I also think it's on brand. Yeah. These are some dangerous characters. They Mm. live on the edge. You said the fish is like the fly boy. Yeah, he is. He does the dancing. I initially had a theory before, too, that maybe it was only predators that were, like, the elite when I first saw, like, Mrs. Fox, but not true. Because a dock frog? Because a dock frog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got it. Okay, so I do want to point out something that I, in all my years, had not paid attention to until this watching, and that is the fact that there are two separate towns being represented in this movie. There's, is it Frogtown Hollow? Yes. And Riverbottom. Yeah. So it's very much like a Pawnee Eagleton situation where, where I mean that's the sense that I got is that Fro- Frogtown Hollow is poor, okay. whereas I get the sense that Riverbottom has money because okay. the fact that this street gang has access to all this equipment <laughs> to a car and unless they stole it all, yeah. which I don't know if that's implied or or if it's ever mentioned like where they got all this money. Yeah, that's like true. they seem like they don't even need the fifty dollars. <laughs> River Bottom doesn't sound like it'd be fancy and wealthy. That's true. No, I mean, neither of them do. I do want to point out, uh, we had talked about how the birds are not sentient. Yeah. That when the River Bottom gang pulls up on their snowmobiles and the jug band, what are they called? Uh, Uh, Frogtown Hollow Jubilee Jug Band. All right, that's a great name. When they're practicing up in that treehouse, that... Chuck says, oh, there's a bunch of birds up there. So, is that an insult? It is. That's yeah. exactly what that is. Because even the uh, beaver responds saying, hey, we're not birds. And that's like <laughs> yeah. a real defensive moment. Every social stratus needs a scapegoat beneath them. It's like the poorest of the poor Americans have, you know, immigrants to look down on. <laughs> And in this world, it's, you know, the otters can look down on the birds. Uh, Well, I'll go on record and say, I don't like this movie. Oh, really? You agree with it? I really don't. Oh, that's shocking. Uh, But can you at least admire the craft here? Absolutely. Hey, man, I'm the real Muppet head in the group. Like, I feel like this is how it came into our lives. Because before you were around... Yeah, give me the history, Liz. My dear friend. uh, I somehow (laughs) was introduced to... Fraggle Rock, which at the time was only on HBO, which we didn't have. And mom and dad got me some Betamax tapes Mm -hmm. of Fraggle Rock. And I think that's really what launched it. Oh, you guys had Betamax? We did. This isn't Betamax heads, Liz. (laughs) Well, it wasn't tape. It's not VHS heads either. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Fight, fight, (laughs) So I think that that's how some of these holiday specials came into our lives. 
Emmett Otter's Shug Band Christmas being one. Another one was the Christmas toy, which I oh. do recommend. Yeah, maybe next year we should have that on. Do you uh, still have the VHS I, tape? I think we I switched think we to Emmett Otter's because the Christmas toy made me too emotional. It's really depressing. <laughs> okay, audience, quick summary: Christmas toy, uh, toys are welcoming the new toys of the new Christmas, sort of like Toy Story yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. So they're except, living toys. Except here's the rule in this land. If humans ever find you not in the place where they left you, you are permanently frozen forever. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you essentially just die. You yeah. die. Yeah. Except yeah. even more haunting, you might like be cognizant, but so forever like frozen. Paralyzed. They give them a, almost like a burial shroud. There's some dark moments in that. Anyway, I think that's why we switched to watching Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas. Christmas specials were dark in this era, is the message I'm getting. Yeah. Working your way through whatever trials with the people you love. Yeah, that's fair. Let's talk about this talent show a little bit, particularly your favorite number, Liz. The squirrels doing acrobatics. I like that there's there's three levels in this talent show. There's the indescribably bad, where everyone in the audience is just stone-faced. <laughs> And then there's the, like, oh, acceptable, which is our heroes, which are the otters, basically. Uh, and then sure. there's just, like, they could go on tour, which is the uh, nightmare band. Okay, uh, I will argue with you that they love all of it. Yeah. And the audience loves the real bad ones. Well, not yeah. the squirrels. Only the the oh, mom of the squirrel. Only band. the lady squirrel loves the... Yeah. I don't know if those are... I don't know what kind of squirrels there are on stage. I also feel like it is a small town full of a lot of not super bright critters. And they're just down for any entertainment. Well, I was also I, thinking you know the people that you're seeing performing, too. That's a good and point. And that always gives an edge because it's, you have that personal tie that makes it a little more That's fun. true. That squirrel was probably related to all the squirrels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to point out, though, too, uh, very weird that on Christmas Eve this town is having a talent show, but we debated this a little bit earlier and concluded that likely uh, this group of anthropomorphic... <laughs> <laughs> animals or uh, uh, living animals that uh, have human-like qualities are not religious because they don't subscribe to Christianity because they are themselves live creatures are probably just a bunch of pagans. And so a talent show celebrating themselves is the best way to celebrate yeah, the they, holidays. They call it Christmas explicitly. That's a great point. So they're aware of Christ. <laughs> and of the Christmas branch or tree. Yeah. Hmm. So, are we thinking that this whole society came to be through a nuclear, nuclear fallout yeah. or a magic spell? N- nuclear mm. fallout. Probably nuclear fallout. I mean, it just seems, it really does seem like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. <laughs> I know that's not what they intended, but that's what it feels like with the blood-red sky. I just think of these animals just like irradiated mutants <laughs> that rose from the ashes of humanity. But are also doing like their weirdest impression of humanity, mm-hmm. like instantly casting some of themselves into like the impoverished conditions. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking it's, oh, it's the Depression era. Oh, no, wait, it's 1977. Maybe it's, you know, 2177. Maybe it's far in the future. Okay, you know what? Now I'm, <laughs> I gotta say, now I'm really thinking about the economy of Emmett Otter's, like, world. It's very trade-based. Well, okay, they, they're all about bartering, but, okay, so one guy barters pumpkins, pumpkins for wool socks. And I just want to point out, A... Alice Otter's wool socks came from wool that came from a sheep that's arguably bigger than Alice Otter. How did she get that? B, anybody could grow pumpkins. 
C, like the person who's clearly the like most wealthy entrepreneur in the town is the restaurant owner. What kind of food is he serving? Like he's not serving other animals, is he? Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a tourist class. I think that there's you know I mean it's probably a vegetarian diet. They probably eat chickens. Yeah, that's true. Birds, yeah, quail, they yeah. birds, watercress yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like again, why can't these people do it on their own? I guess my point is like, why the poverty? What's the industry in Frogtown Hollow? Seems like there's not many options. I think if it is do. sort of like you know rural West Virginia, where there used to be something like a mine or something that kept everyone employed, but that's true. Like, I, it's like some there was something happened in that everyone fell into extreme poverty. Yeah, the dam. <laughs> the for, dam burst. Except for everyone eating at the restaurant. I think those are the tourists. I think yeah. like there's yeah. that's part of this class of either tourist or timeshare. <laughs> I'm, I'm basing this on nothing, but I mean, how else do you explain the presence of these like really wealthy people in this well, otherwise people. like well animals? Thank, thank you. you in this deeply <laughs> impoverished society. Real quick, I'm going to circle back to our theory of uh, um, nuclear wasteland that they're uh-huh. living in too. Uh, the River Bottom Nightmare Gang drives a car that is sized to their gang mm-hmm. and snowmobiles. So there is industry that apparently there is like an automobile industry That's in this animal point. world. That's a good Unless point. those are they're human sized and they just got those. From well, maybe all the animals grew to human size. That's the yeah. thing we don't whatever know about abandoned. the scale since there are no humans. I mean, you see the outtakes we were, that we were watching before, where you see the puppeteers, but that's non-canon because that's behind the scenes. Sure. These could be human-sized animals that have just taken all of our stuff after we've died (laughs) in a nuclear war. Real quick, I want to paint a little picture for you guys. I want to hear how each one of you feels about this. It's a nice day. You decide you're going to go to the nearby water source. Sweet little creek. You're going to spend some time by yourself. Just look at the water. Think about life. You walk down. You start getting close. You see a house on stilts. That's about four feet by three feet and a talking otter. How do you react? I probably drive by on my snowmobile setting off fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, carrying a fish in a trash can. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Lindsay? I'm trying to think. I feel like I'd try and look in that little house to see what's going on. Sure. The talking otter would be really weird. <laughs> Actually, so we watched Christmas Chronicles last night. Uh-huh. And, um... With Kurt Russell. With yes. Kurt Russell. And full disclosure, we watched it together with his wife. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of, like, dis- like, there was a lot of Santa trying to convince adults that, like, remember when you believed in me and, like, convincing him that this is actually Santa and to be honest, if I walked down and it was Emmett Otter I saw in that situation, I'd be like, okay, I guess my universe is colliding with other universes at this point, and Emmett Otter is real. I think I'd accept it very quickly. I think okay. that's different because Santa is a human, or at least a humanoid. No. But no. Emmett Otter, if you see, see a talking otter, it's like, well, I just have to believe see? in this now. Or I ate something that's made me insane. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay, see, my reaction is to scream, <laughs> kick it, and run away. Yeah. And perhaps either tell everyone I know or never speak of it again. Well, I just think in this world that there aren't humans. I think this is like, 
even though Kermit introduces it almost to soften it, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why his presence is there. I think his presence is there to sell it. Well, to sell it and soften it. It's like, hey, this is still in our timeline. It's not a far-off future where mankind has been erased by our own folly and these are irradiated yeah. beings. Let me hold your hand and take, your, <laughs> yeah. take you gently into this world yeah. because I can't it's... just throw it at you. I guess I mean, like, my big takeaway from the, this watch is just how bleak this world is. I forgot how bleak it was. <laughs> well, okay, so I want to go back to something you said earlier about the fact that the Riverbottom gang is clearly, like, sort of this minority group that uh, has, like, a common interest of, like, chaos and terror. Um but also very talented. Very, yes, very, very talented. I think that's the key that like makes them interesting characters. It's like they're not just assholes; they're also geniuses. <laughs> it's like a gang of Kanye West. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but that also, I because earlier I was going to ask you all what you thought, like if there was like a racial association with any of the different like populations in this group. But what I was going to say is my conclusion is that Emmett and Alice Otter are, like, displayed as, like, very much, like, white poor people. Yes. And, like, it's an interesting, like, uh, component of the film that, like, it's... I I don't know. I don't know. I assume it's of the era to, like, still have that be, like, the nature of of who they are. But there is that component of it. Yeah. Uh, I think the otters are coded as white and the nightmare band is coded as people of color weirdly interesting I don't know. that I, was what i took from it interesting i hadn't really thought about it actually <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, was this your first watch yes i'd never seen it before what do you think it was interesting <laughs> are you a muppet person yes yeah i really liked fraggle rock i yeah. watched the muppets i liked all of the anthropomorphic animals and dinosaur shows okay good sure. but this one was a struggle I think if I had seen it as a kid, I would have enjoyed it more. Although yes. I also thought, eh, when I was a kid, they would have looked really creepy. Mm-hmm. Some of them look cute. The otters are cute. Some of the other animals are creepy looking. When I was a little kid, my favorite toy was what are now known as calico critters. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. no. They're these small... You should know. You mm. lived with me for a mm. large period of time. I don't remember um, They're these short little dolls that are all kind of humanoid woodland creatures and they come in families and they have houses and uh furniture and stuff you could do a whole thing but i think that is what endeared me to emmett otter's jug band christmas is because the movie reminded me of that little toy that i love so much so, watching it as an adult, yeah, I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> See, where I just feel like I grew up with it, so even if, like, I don't know, I don't really care what's going on, it's sort of like having, like, Christmas music on in the background. Like, it's just warming by conditioning. I'm going to show your cards here, sir. You love Christmas music. Oh, I do, actually. That's a good point. I'm a big <laughs> holiday buff. Yeah. I do like my holidays. You do yeah. like your holidays. As you wear a Christmas sweater. As well, a Krampus, a Krampus sweater. sweater. Which, which is a... The hero of Christmas. You guys gifted me, so I'm just (laughs) (laughs) How old is Emmett Otter? Yeah, there was some debate about this, too. (laughs) 42. No, I think he's coded as, uh, like, a a preteen. It's sort of what I saw. He was around 13, maybe. Because I think that's the age when you start doing, like, your garage band thing, you know? 
I mean, like, he, he gets together with all these other miscreants and forms his jug band. Although, kind of, it's not even his idea. He's no. such a passive protagonist. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I guess I'll be in a band. Oh, I'm talented because the plot demands it. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I'd say preteen. They also only want him in the band because of his mom's wash tub. And it's, like, by chance that he can play a wash tub bass. Yeah. If he hadn't been good at it, I think they just would have, like... Taken it. Yeah, killed him. <laughs> Shot him in the back of the head right there. Taking his wash Warn him as a coat. How much better would this movie have been with guns? I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if it had had guns, then I think the Nightmare Band just sort of shot them in the air all the time. Yeah. Including the fish. That's true. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I would love to see that fish shoot a gun. So we, we do have a game that, that Liz has prepared for us. Um, however, before we start that, I did want to just mention some of the other characters we hadn't talked about because this is important for, for what we're about to do. Uh, Doc Bullfrog is the entrepreneur in the town. You've got the members of the Jug Band who are Wendell Porcupine, Harvey Beaver, and Charlie Muskrat. And of those, I think that Wendell is the one who's kind of, kind of a big dummy and kind of talks like this. Yeah, almost offensive, but not yeah. quite, because he's only a porcupine. But in the land of the blind, I'm telling you, like, nobody in this whole situation is very bright. So I don't think that he's any worse than the rest of them. He's probably he happier than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's also the only one that like enjoys the Nightmare Bands like song because you know what? He's just loving life. Yeah. yeah. Good okay. on him. Maybe he's the best one of all of them. But uh, for the first time in Tapehead's history, a guest has brought in a game that we're going to play right now. I have. Uh, Liz, why, this is your invention. Why don't you tell us what we're doing here? Uh, each you person- passed out some cards here, I see. <laughs> each person at this table has received a piece of paper that has the name of either a movie or a TV show on it. We are going to recast that movie or TV show with the cast of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. So I got Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, yes, you did, sir. Make it better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe we'll end with you. Okay. Because that's sort of a meta one. Let's start with you, Liz. This is your game. What did you get? I got Pulp Fiction. Okay. Oh. Did you need a cheat sheet for the characters here? Uh, I'm just going to play jazz. Don't worry okay. about that. I would like to see Ma Otter in the Bruce Willis role. Interesting. Explain. Uh, she has something that she wants to protect her son. Um, she needs to find a good way to get out of it. She kind of is doing that in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas anyway by taking a risk to win this contest, which is exactly what Bruce Willis does in Pulp Fiction. So I want to see him there. Uh, sorry, see her there. Um, man, Emmett's just so... He's not my favorite character. Let's let's jazz him up a little bit and let's make him uh, Mia. Let's make him <laughs> Mia. <laughs> I thought the Gimp, but I thought that's even more interesting. It's funny how that's like a major character that people think of when they think about the Pulp Fiction. Yes. I would like Wendell and uh, the other kind of mouthy member of the band, the one that talks back to the Riverbottom gang. Harvey? Um, Harvey Beaver? Beaver. I want them as uh, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. <laughs> and that's that's where I'm going to sit on that one. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, what did you get? I uh, I got something else at first, but I don't know it. So sure. I made Sean totally switch fair. with me. So 
So now I have The Good Place, mm. which is a great TV show. <laughs> uh, Alice Otter, I think I'd have as Janet. Is she a robot? She's essentially like a robot lady that has powers and can mm-hmm. make things appear. She's like a and, universal yeah, like, yeah. knowledge life source. Um, but she has a little bit of that kind of like naivety and softness that the mom might have. I think Emmett might be cheating. That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think he tries to do the right thing a little, but he says, no, I'm not going to damage my mom's wa- uh, wash basin and all that stuff, but then he ultimately ends up fucking everything up. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have Jason as Wendell the Porcupine. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like Did even you go Florida? Yeah. <laughs> What's half of 50 cents? <laughs> wow. Michael might be Doc Frog. Yeah, I could see that. Because yeah. he's sort of uh, running things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's running things. He's kind of like sitting in judgment of people. Yeah. Has little controls over their lives. Yeah, it seems good. Adam Scott plays that crazy guy from The, the Bad Place. The demon. I would yeah. put him on the River Bottom Nightmare. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's good. He might. Yeah, that's good. That's most of the cast. That's good. Um, I got Twin Peaks, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. Was Twin Peaks actually shot in Washington? I know it's it set was, there, but yes. this was shot in Canada. And it feels like it. Yes. You know, Emmett Otter is Dale Cooper, Kyle <laughs> MacLachlan's character. And let me explain, because, I mean, Dale Cooper is a, a more fleshed out character, but Emmett Otter just sort of has this kind of positivity, even though he's in a horrible, like, situation. And he he's just very positive about things for the most part. I would actually say that Ma Otter, uh, Alice Otter, is the log lady. <laughs> because Perfect. she's kind of on this other planet. Uh, she doesn't exactly know what's going on. She, she, for some reason, she thinks by giving away her livelihood to make a nice costume that will help her win a singing competition. Um, but she ultimately kind of wins. I don't know. I would say that any number of the Riverbottom Nightmare Gang would be Bobby, because or or maybe James Hurley, just because they're like the bad boys. What about you Robert. Know? Oh yeah, totally. Um. And yeah, I mean, this is hard. But and then I guess Sheriff Truman would be the bullfrog mayor. But uh, let's go over to you, Phil. What'd you draw? <laughs> so I think we know. <laughs> I drew, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Literally, the film we watched. But I've had. I have two thoughts. Two alternative uh, uh, versions. One is watching it from the Nightmare Gang's vision. Maybe, in fact, that Emmett Otter's crew is a really like abrasive uh, force that they're dealing with and something that for them was really haunting. Maybe Chuck has an emotional scene where he sings alone and is concerned about the competition and he's got like a grandma bear that he's looking after or something. It is clear the Nightmare Band practices a lot more than anyone else does. Yeah, or they're extremely talented as you pointed yeah. out. Or they're an actual band. Like we don't talk about that very much. Obviously they're bad guys. But we don't know what they're doing when they're not harassing the town. Yeah, what was it you were saying, Liz? It's like Rush showed up in a <laughs> small town's talent show. Alternatively, I would just have the entire cast be Wendell's. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. It's a bold move. Yeah. It's so the, the dumbest character playing everyone. Exactly, exactly. So I like this. I like to think even in my own life, like, who would be the cast of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Um, I won't tell you who you are, Liz. I bet. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, being John Malkovich when he goes into his own head. 
And it's all him that that's what the Wendell Malcolm version Wendell Wendell. <laughs> Wendell Wendell. That that's what that would be like. <laughs> that's pretty much what it would be like. And, and the songs, we haven't really talked much about the songs in this movie. Maybe we should because that's such a good Clearly, it's almost half of the, the, the film. But a lot of times, the songs do not move the plot forward as musicals often do. For example, the bathing suit that Grandma Otter wore just talks about a bathing suit that Grandma Otter once wore. Arguably one of the best parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the music, Liz? Because I know, for me, um, I've always felt like they're fairly heartfelt songs. Mm -hmm. And, like, I always thought, too, like, with the harmonies, like, they weren't that bad until I listened to it on Spotify and didn't have, like, puppets singing with the music. And then I was like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, like, divorced from the puppetry, the music isn't that great. It's pretty dismal, but, you know, again. Uh, I think it's charming. It's not, I mean, none of these people performing, I think, are professional musicians, right? The Except people for doing the, the voices. Nightmare band. Uh, I've got here the track list from the soundtrack when you guys are ready. Let's hear it. Okay, so it's 16 tracks, 26 what? minutes and 20 seconds. Bathing suit that grandma wore. Obviously, it's a banger. Jam session. Ain't no hole in the wash tub. Yep. You just stop me when there's one that you want to talk about. When the river meets the sea. Okay, so this is like one of the like probably like better songs I think in it. Sure. But it's also like I always think of it like romantically, and then I think about it like the chorus is when the river meets the sea, and like, okay, what what the fuck does that mean? Sure. It's very death, fatalistic, right? yeah. It's yeah. death, is when your soul travels in, it's sort in the of, afterlife. Yeah, it's you're welcome. Peace I just fixed that own. for you. Oh, well, that's even worse. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. Well, <laughs> we already discussed the fact that this is a dismal story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, barbecue. In parentheses, the jug band, because there are two versions of this song. There's a bring it on scenario where they both have the same routine. It is a bring it on scenario. Well, I mean, I guess bring it on ripped it off from this, but. I kind of like that song, Barbecue. I mean, it's very simple. It's literally just about, I guess, eating huge chunks of meat. I guess animals. Uh, eating, cannibalizing now. other animals. Well, I guess they don't... Maybe they just don't care about they probably, cows It's probably just pigs. birds. Yeah. Uh, barbecued birds. Yeah. Right? It could be. You don't see any cows or pigs in this world. There's maybe no they're farm animals. These are all river animals. Yeah. Maybe they're, that's how they're able to, to draw that. What would happen if they met a deer, though? Like, wouldn't a deer be giant to them? The industry is baffling. I agree. Because you did point out the wool for the wool socks. Well, yeah. the so they're clearly bartering with other outposts of these mm-hmm. nuclear fallout animals, right? Yeah. Maybe the sheep aren't sentient. Or maybe they are. It doesn't hurt and them, And they right? shave themselves and sell it. It could be. I, I do hate it. This. I rich. hate this now. Um, now carrots, I okay, track six. Carrots the dancing horse. That's <laughs> the separating. <laughs> this is a funny bit where <laughs> there's male and female dressing rooms, right? <laughs> yeah. They have to split up, but they stay split up until they go on stage. <laughs> Man, that joke hits. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, but it's really funny. It's Does almost it like halves of a horse. It's like the opposite of a meat cute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, you're watching the dissolution of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, barbecue, the other wor- version with Yancey Woodchuck, which pointedly is bad. Dancing rabbit act. So maybe Whoa. they're not squirrels. No, they're squirrels. Whoa. They're no, definitely squirrels. There's a squirrel oh, acrobatic Oh, excuse me. God. Didn't mean to blow your minds. Squirrel acrobatic <laughs> act. A 39 second track. Ugh. 
too uh, long. The shortest, the shortest one on the uh, <laughs> the album. Our world. Yeah, it's their jam. Yeah, that's what that's Alice what Otter. Otter sings. Oh right, yeah. Brothers. That's the replacement song after they get Bring It On. Uh, River Bottom Nightmare Band. The best song in the movie for my money. Yeah. Uh, where they're just down. they're just screaming about how dangerous they are, and yeah. you better watch out for your and daughters or whatever. But very silly things too. Yeah. They're like, "We're rude and mean when we're around you." It's like, okay. Yeah. No, they have a very honest line that says, "We hate things that we don't understand." Yeah. Right? And yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a big hit with this rural crowd. Don't they also say that they? They don't take care of their teeth, so they have toothaches because it keeps them mean. That's yeah. exactly what yeah. they say. They're being really vulnerable in these mm-hmm. lyrics. Yeah. And then we get into some hybrid tracks. We got Our World slash Brothers, and they learn how to harmonize, which right. sort of saves the day inadvertently. Then a reprise of that, Our World Brothers. Then When the River Meets the Sea reprise. And then Born in a Trunk, which is a bonus track. Mm. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Is that a discarded song? Can we get a a taste? Did it play during the credits? Asking (laughs) ye shall receive. While we're waiting for this, listeners, I'd just like to explain that um, I think we've concluded that all... It is a deleted song. Sorry. All of the music in this could be very, very well performed by Neil Young and or Crazy Horse. So, um, when thinking about what kind of music we are, uh... Gillian Welch. Yeah, a little bit that. No. I was born in the trunk of a great oak tree that they used to build a stage at the palace. But the stage is still my home. Who is singing here? I think an unintroduced character. It has to be. It's probably another talent show person. Well, my understanding, you might be able to pull this up on Wikipedia, is there were actually, I think there were some casting issues. There was an uh, actual talent show. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um... As we uh, saw in the blooper reel, it was Frank Oz like temporarily doing the voice of Alice Otters until they uh, Alice Otter until they brought in the real actress, and I think they might have had a few actresses that is that correct? I I found it here. So, born I was born in the trunk is a lost song that was only revealed in the two thousand five collector's edition DVD, and it was a song written for the talent show scene and was performed by the Waterville Music Store owner. <gasps> So, oh, that com- fun little otter lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so completely superfluous to the plot, but it's kind of interesting because it does give you a hint into where these things are from. I do think that it was probably cut because we needed the Riverbottom Nightmare Band to be the clear winners. Yeah. They couldn't have any other actually good songs. It's a little too songs. good, yeah. yeah. It's a little too produced. Flew too close to the sun. You know yeah. what, though? You bring up... You bring <laughs> like Icarus before, but... You bring up the music store, and again, the economy of this place no, doesn't make sense nonsense. to me. Nonsense. Like, nonsense. The only places that are apparently generating money are a music store and a restaurant, and yeah. everyone else is broke. Hey, yeah. y'all, and they use actual dollars. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that for they a minute. Use, yeah, presumably U.S. dollars. 
And and the thriving businesses are like elastic businesses for the economy. Like you don't eat out all the time if you're broke. You aren't going to the music store, although they are all obsessed with music. Well, we started this on opinions of the film as a whole, and I'd really love to hear from our uh, virgin listener. Yes. Yeah, although normally we have the guest go first. Yeah, okay, let's have the guest go first. So, as you probably know on this podcast, we have a system. You buy it, rent it, or tape over it. Tell us what you think and your reasoning. Let's start with you, Philip. I'm going to step out of the box and say borrow it from somebody. That's not one of the options. It's Try not again. It's actually rent it. It's a rent it. It's a rent it. I think everybody that hasn't seen this film should definitely watch it once. It will not take that much of your life. Uh, anybody that didn't grow up with this is probably going to think, yeah, it's dismal, it's sad, um, and not altogether that heartwarming of a Christmas film. So, um, yeah, rent it. Um, I say rent it once, then light it on fire and throw it into the sun because I don't I'm like it very much. I'm going to take that as rent it. Yeah, yeah. You're saying that we do need to see it. I think yeah. you should see it once, but the otters are a nightmare. It feels like it's about three and a half hours long and it's 40 minutes. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, it's innocuous. Do see it once. It tries very hard to be a nice story. <laughs> I know that you're biased because you just saw this, but given the choice between a copy of Emmett Otter and the Christmas toy, which would you throw The on? Christmas toy, watch until you have a terrible emotional reaction, which I must have at some point because I have not seen it in a very long time. I haven't seen it in a long time either, and I'll have to say I think I'd still rank Emmett Otter of a Christmas toy. Whoa. Them's fighting words. I know. Well, yeah. This has joy in it, I will say, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Lindsay? <laughs> I didn't know this movie existed. I enjoyed watching it with you guys. But I don't think I would have enjoyed watching it on my own. I'm going to say tape over it. Oh, nice. very good. Because I don't know if I really recommend to people that they see it. If you're really a Muppet head, try it out. But I don't feel like it's changed my uh, my life in any way. <laughs> Maybe a little worse now. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say rent it. I, it could have been more Christmassy, in my opinion, since we are doing a holiday episode here. I think that the puppetry is very impressive. Well, the protagonists are not interesting in the least, I find the antagonists to be very exciting. I was pulling for that River Bottom Nightmare Gang to show these rural stiffs what's up. Introduce them to real rock and roll. They're the heroes of this movie. So, yeah, I'd give it a rent it. I think it's worth seeing. It's a, yeah. I certainly prefer it to a lot of like the more recent Muppet stuff, obviously. And uh, I think it's a good sort of time capsule of where... Yeah. The Jim Henson gang was at this time. I definitely enjoyed watching it. It's something that's fun to watch with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And listeners, just to get a sense of how honest we've all been about our rent it rating or tape over it rating, we actually gave our longtime family copy to Sean and Lindsay. And just before the show started, Sean tried to give it back to us. <laughs> So, we have a lot of VHS tapes in this small apartment. Yeah. Many of them yours. I think we're honest when we say rent it is like the top rating. For some reason, the Laird VHS collection has a lot of plastic clamshells. Like this and Doc Hollywood. (gasps) You have Doc Hollywood. We have Doc Hollywood. Wow. That ended up with us. Uh, Our older sister bought that from Major Video on her own, drove her own car there to buy it. 
She heard through the grapevine that they were selling a used copy of Doc Hollywood. I can only assume. Wow. That's mm-hmm. some commitment. <laughs> Although it was a different time then. I mean, if you... Is that the one with the billboard? No. That's three billboards. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Uh, he's a plastic... It's Michael J. Fox. He's a plastic surgeon. What's the one where he stands in front of like a light-up billboard that tells him what to do with his life? Oh, it's L.A. Story. Ah, uh, see, I always got those two confused because they were both in a clamshell box. Yeah, that's not a billboard. It's the, um, it's the like lights a, that they put on freeways yeah. mm-hmm. that yeah. give you traffic updates and stuff. Yeah. Doc Hollywood, he breaks down in a rural town and learns real values from those real country people. It's true. Which, yeah. as I've been told, is the exact uh, plot of Cars. Yes, okay. yes. Absolutely. Except just the cars are doing this, not people. I haven't seen. We're it. in another dystopian universe where. Wow, that's not are... even post-nuclear. No, that's you're right. Like... It's not dystopian. It's just alternate universe where mm. cars are people. <laughs> I will say my favorite part of Emmett Otter was watching the bloopers on YouTube. Yeah, those are great. That was great. Watching that drum wheel out of that music store over and over and over again gave me new appreciation for just how hard it is to make one of these. And hey, maybe that's as a rating. Go to YouTube, watch the bloopers. If you're if you're good with those, eh, maybe dip into some Emmett Otter. Get some context. Yeah. Or if you're going to put yourself through Emmett Otter, oh. Reward yourself with the... Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Show your cards! If One you're going to put yourself through Emmett Otter, reward yourself with the bloopers. <laughs> so as much as it pains me to move on from the holiday season, um, our next episode is taking on sort of a different theme. And we talked about doing a wedding-themed episode, Lindsay, oh, since we are yeah. recently married. I'm choosing Runaway Bride with uh, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, which is a movie that I have never seen. And you hate Richard Gere. Well, I don't hate Richard Gere. I have problems with Richard Gere. (laughs) But uh, here's the thing. Like, it's, it's the way my dad describes Tom Cruise. Now, I love Tom Cruise. I think he's a very interesting uh, nut job. But what my dad says about Tom Cruise is uh, every time he sees him in a movie, he wishes... he's. He's fine with him, but he, he feels like if anyone else had played that role, he would have enjoyed the movie more. That's how I feel about Richard Gere. I don't know if that's still how my dad feels about Tom Cruise, but I remember growing up, he would say that quite a bit. Man, well, um, you guys are in for a doozy. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. We've covered Pretty Woman on this show, and I feel like Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride, we've talked about this, Lindsay, are very much a mirror image of Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. And Lindsay and I sort of go against popular opinion by saying that You've Got Mail is definitively a better it's, movie than Sleepless in Seattle. I love it so The much leads more. actually have screen time together. The story's actually, like, goes somewhere. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, yeah. That's because it's based on another movie. Yes. <laughs> Shop Around the Corner. Yes. Which is based on a stage play. So my <laughs> prediction, I didn't necessarily love Pretty Woman. I think that was a rent-it for me. But I think it's going to be a similar thing where this, like, beloved cultural phenomenon from the 90s early 90s has this you know reunion with the stars in the late 90s i think i'm gonna like runaway bride more no Uh, this is shaking your head we'll see i've seen runaway bride and i i i don't know what to expect predict how you're gonna feel yeah i won't say though well i'm just gonna stick to my guns here i think i'm gonna like it more than pretty woman all I really remember about Pretty Woman is when George Costanza tries to rape Julia Roberts and nobody right. cares. Right? And nobody gives a shit. Yeah, I, think, I think Richard Gere gives like a slap on the face yeah. and then George goes away. Or he's away. just like, don't. 
Yeah, don't. That's my prostitute. Right? Maybe I hate pretty women. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, next time, Runaway Bride. I'd like to thank Will Price for use of the song Mandatory Groove. You can hear more of Will's music at soundcloud.com slash gargantulon. You can learn more about us and our other episodes at tapeheadspodcast.com. You can also shoot us an email at tapeheadspodcast at gmail.com. And please rate and review on iTunes. That's it for Tape Heads. I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. Uh, I'm Liz. I'm Phil! <laughs> I'm Phil! <laughs> oh dear, he's turned into a, one of those otters. We'll oh, no. have to shoot him. <laughs> Until next time.